everybody. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America, and today I have a hell of a show for you good fine people. Um, remember Lindsey Graham? I want to talk about Lindsey Graham for a minute. Uh, I just heard Lindsey Graham today. Uh, he, he was being asked about the Ukraine-Russia situation. And he said something uh, to the effect of um, Xi Jinping is watching the um, situation very closely. And if Russia gets a little bit of a stronghold... Um, in Ukraine, uh, that China may actually start moving on Taiwan. I've kind of talked about this in a previous show uh, very briefly. Um, why is that the case? Um, I don't really know. Uh, I'm wondering if they're trying to provoke the United States to get involved militarily. Because, uh, you know, wh- <laughs> and you know, you guys know Lindsey Graham is a piece of shit. Lindsey Graham's a piece of shit. He was with Klobuchar and John McCain. Uh, I told you about in a previous show. Sam Winchester goes over this in one of his episodes uh, where uh, he plays a clip of them three in Ukraine talking to the leadership. Uh, basically, I think a lot of them were white supremacists. And he was giving them, they were, you know, they were trying to fire him up. Oh, we're going to give you uh, guns and ammo, and uh, now's the time to rise against Russia. Just like picking a fight. There's a bigger plan in place. Lindsey Graham is clearly in the big club. He is clearly trying to provoke conflict. Imperialism. These people are imperialists. These people want to take over control of the entire world. I've been over it a million times. All you guys know this stuff by now. Uh, But anyway, the reason why I wanted to bring him up uh, is because this guy recently got grilled by a gentleman by the name of Mr. Christian Smalls who is the Amazon labor union president. Amazon employees are trying to organize because of uh, many grievances. Uh, And what Mr. Christian Smalls says to Lindsey Graham's face, and if you watch this video, you'll see that Lindsey Graham has a look on his face of um, pretending to care and go fuck yourself, basically, (laughs) at the same time, uh, if you watch this video. But here, I want to play this very intelligent, articulate, sensible man who is trying to communicate and trying to explain very clearly without any emotion and anger uh, why they are doing what they're doing, why they are trying to unionize. And agree or disagree, people, I found this quote to be very inspiring. And 
like I said, agree or disagree, you got to respect this man for what he, he believes in. And you can tell that he believes in what he is saying very deeply. Either that or he's a very good actor. But that's not the point. The point is, is that I want you guys to take a listen to this clip and just think about it. You know, form your own opinion, okay? And if you really want to see the look on Lindsey Graham's face, uh, go look up this clip. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, here we go. Um, well, first of all, I want to address Mr. Graham. Um, first of all, you know, you're, it sounded like you was talking about more of the companies and the businesses in your speech, but you forgot that the people are the ones who make this, these companies operate. And if we're not protected, and if the process for when we hold these companies accountable is not working for us, then that's not what, that's the reason why we're here today. That's the reason why I'm here to represent the workers who make these companies go. And I think that it's in your best interest to realize that it's not a, a left or right thing. It's not a Democrat or a Republican thing. It's a workers thing. It's a workers issue. And we're the ones that are suffering in the corporations that you're talking about, in the businesses that you're talking about, in the warehouses that you're talking about. So that's the reason why I think I was invited today to speak on that behalf. And you should listen because we do represent your constituents as well. Um, so just take that into consideration that the people are the ones that make these corporations go. It's not the, it's not the other way around. So um, as the current interim president of the Amazon Labor Union, who represent 8,300 workers in Staten Island, an independent worker-led union that won their election on April 1st, um, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, we organized for over a year, and throughout the course of that year, Amazon spent millions of dollars, as you mentioned, Senator Standards, um, myself, including a few other organizers, was arrested outside for organizing, arrested for delivering food to their coworkers. I um, wanted to reiterate that as well. You know, the type of things that Amazon do um, breaking the law, intimidation. These are real things that traumatize workers in this country. You know, thousands of workers across this country who are in the process of organizing, who have the desire to organize in the United States. Um, we want to feel that we have protections. <clears throat> we want to feel that the government is allowing us to use our constitutional rights to organize. Um, The notion that people in the United, united in this democracy will outmatch, outmatch tyranny is the oldest American ideal. There's clearly defined legal process to do this. And workers like us have the rights protected by the First Amendment and the National Labor Relations Act. However, despite all of this, our victory in Staten Island was lauded as newsworthy and inspirational for the thousands of workers across the country, hundreds of thousands of workers. And even though we may have won, we did everything right, pressuring Amazon to recognize our victory and comply with our legal obligation to meet us at the bargaining table. 
but Amazon is refusing to do so. As you mentioned, they're going to stall. Um, they, they filed 25 objections, and they got the NLRB to move the hearing to a whole other location. To me, it just sounds like the corporations have the control, and they control whatever they want. They break the law to get away with it. They know that already, that breaking the law during these election campaigns won't be resolved during the election campaigns. So they purposely continue to break the law. For example, we filed over 40 ULPs in 11 months. Most of them are, quite a few of them got merit um, for further action. Uh, some of them even got injunctions. For example, Gerald Bryson was fired two years ago. Finally, two years later, over two years later, there's a 10-J in motion for his reinstatement. Another prime example, Daquan Smith was fired by the company for organizing. He's still out of a job. He's living in a shelter right now. Uh, we raise money through GoFundMe. These are just a few examples, including myself, who's been out of a job for the last two years. Um, I want to just end off by saying this. We need to pass the PRO Act so that workers are protected and workers are encouraged to organize. Uh, and if that don't work, you know, I'm going to let you know right now that on behalf of the Amazon Labor Union and the hundreds of thousands of workers across this country that we will continue to organize. And once again, I want to remind you that this is not a left or right thing. This is a working class issue. And the workers at the bottom are the ones who make these corporations go. Thank you. Okay, so I like some of the stuff he said in there. Uh, I, I do disagree with a few things that he said, but that's really not the point. Because um, I know you can, right, you, I, I, already, I can already hear people trying to make the point, well, oh, you've been out of work for two years, we'll just go get another job. And yes, I understand there is some truth to that. But isn't there also something to be said for being a moral company, being a moral corporation? I know that everyone's ultimate goal is to make money. I know that the bottom line is king, especially with a lot of these asshole CEOs and, and you know, whatever, however you want to say it. Did somebody have help in the capital to build certain things more so than others uh, from the lower classes? Uh, obviously, right? Trump got a small loan from his father to start his whatever, right? And a lot of people make the argument that he's mismanaged and screwed over everyone and every business and all that he's ever been uh, affiliated with, you know? And then, and then he goes on, you know, the t a TV show and he becomes a TV celebrity tell call telling everyone they're fired, right? Everyone knows. And he becomes lovable uh, to quite a few people. And, you know, it's just interesting. It's very interesting. Like as soon as, as soon as you see someone in a different role, uh, in a different portrayal uh, on your TV screen, it might change your opinion of someone, not because 
you know the person deep down in their heart, but because they were portrayed to be something different to you by your idiot box TV screen. So I just want to make that point, first of all, is that just because, I mean, we're, you know, we're just so easily manipulated, people. You got you to gotta do work. You got to do the work to know and understand the totality of a topic or of an issue. The left and the right versus the right, right? If you really want to put it into those stupid terms. You know, what we should be doing is just taking an idea and rationally, logically going over it, critically analyze it. Get the left-right paradigm, us versus them bullshit out of your head. It shouldn't matter where you stand on other issues when you're talking about a one specific issue. Solving the problems has to be your number one goal. If you want to solve a problem, you got to come together. You got to work together. You got to be practical. You got to be pragmatic, cooperative, not emotional, reasonable, right? And that's very difficult for a lot of people, <laughs> even intelligent people, because we're still human beings, right? I've been over it a million times. Okay. Uh, and this guy even says in there, I love that where he says, you know, it's not about left, right. Like this is about workers are hurting. There, there's a company that, you know, on ULP, he said they filed a bunch of ULPs. That's unfair labor practices. And I'm, Amazon is so big. Are you kidding me? People, they will pay their way out of any legal uh, fees that they may come across. And so, you know, these people that want to organize and union, unionize at Amazon, they probably feel like they don't have any other options. If you can't petition the CEO, then you, gotta, you better go petition your government for a redress of grievances. It's your constitutional right to do so. In this specific case, I don't have a problem with the workers wanting to unionize. Yes, I'm not a pro-union person. And no, I'm not super pro-socialism either. You guys know that about me. But socialism, the idea of it in small forms within a, a, a group of like-minded people that all agree that that's how they want to live their life and that, that they want to pay dues and they all want to, you know, pay a tax of some sort to the group uh, endeavor, right? We all want uh, to be protected and to, you know, we want to keep our human dignity on the job at the workplace. What's wrong with that? Why can't there be a happy medium? And this is for everybody. Lefties, righties, I don't give a shit. Just let me ask you this question. Why can't there be a happy medium between achieving the bottom line and making money and treating people with common courtesy, decency, respect, and understanding. Allowing them to live their lives with dignity and respect. Why do you why is holding power, you know, oh hey, we need to make more money, so uh hey, we need to destroy your uh dignity in order to do that and we're going to do it because uh, if you don't like it, it's basically an ultimatum. Go fuck yourself. Go get another job. You're not going to work here. 
we're going to continue to exploit people is what their argument is. And that's fucked up. Walmart, same criticism. Walton family is one of the richest families in the world. Jeff Bezos, probably the richest. I don't know about, maybe you know, maybe not now with uh, Elon Musk or whatever, but Elon Musk is up there for sure. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why we can't meet in the middle. Centrist, independent people, citizens, working together, pursuing our own separate interests. I don't know, people. And, you know, this guy, uh, Christian Smalls, he brought up the PRO Act. He said, you know, we got to pass the PRO Act. What's the PRO Act, you may ask? Uh, This is from the AFL-CIO website. Our nation's labor laws are woefully outdated and have become ineffective as a means for working people to have their voices heard. But the most significant worker empowerment legislation since the Great Depression is now in the hands of the Senate. That bill, the PRO Act, or the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, is landmark worker empowerment, civil rights, and economic stimulus legislation, and an essential part of any plan to build back better from the COVID-19 pandemic and recession. Okay, so obviously... This is part of the uh, Biden uh, legislation. The Build Back Better uh, plan did not come to fruition. A lot of commentators are talking about that at this time. Uh, And, you know, I don't see a problem with workers or organizing. I really don't. In fact, I think we Americans all need to start organizing even in our small communities. Get together. I mean, you guys go to church. All you religious people, you go to church every Sunday. Don't you think it's probably smart to have some type of meeting or conversation with like-minded individuals who are willing to actually get off of their fat asses and do something about the problems in this country? Isn't it just as much your responsibility? You want to go to church every Sunday? All of us. You have a responsibility to go have meetings and conversations with your fellow uh, community members. Organize. Stop being so afraid of each other. Grow up. Do you guys like Do you guys like living in this world where you're just constantly bitching and complaining about the other team, the other side, the other, the other, pointing fingers at everything else around me instead of pointing all of your fingers at you? Which is what I've been telling, trying to tell you guys to do for a long time now. you got to look inwardly, people. Nobody is going to fight your battles for you. Nobody is going to solve your problems for you. You need to want to do it yourself. Once you make that decision, then you can go get a group of like-minded individuals together. Start organizing and working. Guess what? Organizing means work. You're going to have to do some work. It's like, I hate it. It's like, it's so easy. So many people just bitch and whine and cry and complain about the littlest dipshit, nothing garbage in their lives. 
while simultaneously sitting on their thumbs and not doing a single fucking thing about all the shit they always bitch about. It's gross. It's disgusting. It drives me crazy. And all of you know, all of you know the the type of people I'm talking about. Every single one of you has someone at your job that does less work than everybody else and bitches and complains and cries like a little fucking child more than everybody else. You people are the cancer at your job. You people are why your company is not running as efficiently as it could. That's why your morale is probably garbage. And if you work at a place where everyone is bitching and complaining all the time, that's a toxic work environment. You should probably get out of there. Quitting a job and going and finding something else is, it can be difficult, but it is necessary in this life, people. And you get fired from a job and, and you know, you want to go petition your government, you want to unionize, uh, you know, you could be taking all that anger and pain and uh, desire, eagerness to work and get, get moving, bust your ass, start getting, uh, you know, this organization built and this group of people together. And you could, you could take all that energy and time and go do something entrepreneurial as well. And, or you could just take that, you could just say, you know, screw it. If you don't want to fight the good fight, and you could just go get another job, right? That was my argument earlier. We all pick our battles in this life, right, people? We all pick our battles. Some of us pick stupid ones to fight. And some of us just let some shit go sometimes. And we save our fighting for the big problems. Life is too short not to be working towards whatever goal, goals you have. It's too short, people. You don't have time. You don't have time. You better get busy right now. Choose your road wisely. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for this guy, Christian Smalls. Yes, I do maybe disagree with certain things he said. I do agree with other things he said. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a lefty or if you're a righty, people. You got to get that shit out of your head. Their plan is working. The divide and conquer agenda is working. It has always been working. It is a tale as old as time immemorial. It is one of the oldest tricks in the book of the rich and powerful. Controller, elite types, royal monarchs of the past, whatever. And part of that divide and conquer agenda, people, part of the whole wokeism cult uh, out there, is this, this, you know, let's just keep the racism conversation going, keep it going. 
Why does this person have more than you? Is it because they're white and from a wealthy family? You know? It's not about race, people. Yes, racist shit happened in the past. I've been over it a million times. But aren't we past it? Isn't that part of growing and learning and achieving and moving forward and accomplishing goals? Is to learn from your mistakes and then take what you learned and implement that in all your future decisions? Trial and error. The scientific method. How do you think we figure out anything? You know, I mean, it's just, it, I'm starting to think that literally, I mean, it's so obvious at this point, I don't know how we all can't see it, but we are being turned into children, people. We're being turned into non-thinking, non-feeling, automaton, robots, binary, binary thinkers, There's so many systems of control that are out there, purposely put there to control your mind and to control how you think. And it is not easy to learn and to understand and to become aware of all of these things. You, you, it takes work. You want to organize and unionize for your business? Guess what? It takes work. You want to start your own business? Guess what? It takes work. You want to go get another job? You want to quit your job and go get another job because you don't like that job? Guess what? It takes work. Recently, I heard Christian uh, Ronaldo sitting in the crowd at a, some award show. Guy comes up to him, puts a mic in his face. He's like, hey, you know, what is the, your secret to success? What would you tell others, uh, you know, how, what it's going to take to get there? And he said, he said, success without work is nothing. That's all he said. People, success without work is nothing. It's not real or it's non-existent. You're gonna have to work. You're gonna have to stop being a lazy, whiny, coddled, entitled, immature, little petulant child. You don't get to be a child your entire life. And how is it not... How is it not destroying your dignity to look in the mirror and say to yourself, I am not reaching my full potential. I have barriers in my way. I have roadblocks, but I'm going to adapt and overcome, right? People, life is not easy. Life is suffering. You will never not suffer. The Buddhists, in my humble opinion, are right about that. Your five human senses are imperfect senses. And how can you know the infinite? How can you know the everlasting? How can you know, quote unquote, God through these human imperfect senses? I think the Hindus kind of believe similar, uh, you know, Eastern philosophy, people, Eastern religion, a lot of good ideas, and it's a lot older than uh, other religions, but uh, well, I'll leave that one on the table. We can talk about that another day. 
I'm rambling about this and I'm just kind of trying to riff on this clip because there's a lot to unpack from it and I just don't want to get into this, you know, oh God, I'm going to tear up unions right now and I'm because I'm, I could, <laughs> I could go after uni- how I feel about unions and it, it empowering people to be lazy. But again, in that conversation is a happy medium. You don't let your union get to the point where you're protecting piece of shit employees that aren't offering to the bigger picture anymore. Just and even regardless if they're still paying their union dues, right? Does it give you a little bit more security to be in a union? Of course. Are you taking away from the bottom line of the business when and and away from the efficiency and the quality of the work when the union lets some piece of shit employee stick around and never get fired. That's a lot of people on the rights criticism of unions. There's got to be a meet in the middle. People on every single issue that this great nation faces there has got to be a meet in the middle, a cooperative, pragmatic solution. There has to be a desire to make decisions with the best intentions of the whole in mind. If you're really going to be a reasonable person who is exercising their enlightenment principle of reason, You can't be reasoning if you're not caring for everybody, if you're not taking everybody into consideration. There is a way for everyone to get what they want, but you have to compromise. And you can't be so unable to compromise and to be you know, able to give things up in order to get something else. Free trade, right? You can't all have your cake and eat it too, you narcissistic fucks. (laughs) I talk to some of you people every day, every day. It's all about you, right? Everything, everyone else is wrong. Everything that's wrong with the world is because of stupid idiots Couldn't be my fault. I'm always right. Right? I do it. You do it. We all do it. We're human beings, people. You got to let each other make mistakes. You got to let some some shit slide from time to time. You got to choose your battles more wisely. You know, what did I say in a previous show? I said something about, you know, the worst feeling in the world is reaching the top of a ladder only to discover that you're on the wrong ladder. You know, work without direction, without uh, some type of an intelligent design, I guess, in a manner of speaking, is a fool's errand. You know, if you want to put all your time and effort in this life into organizing Uh, and unionizing in your place of business because you got a problem with the leadership, 
philosophically, you know, they're, they're crushing your human dignity and you want to get back at them, right? There's, it's like so much motivation in this country, people, comes from retaliation and revenge for whatever stupid, insignificant reason. You're better than that, people. We are all better than that. We should be. Are you better than that? Are you better than your bullshit behavior? We all have bullshit behavior. I called it the rule of B. I've been over it. (laughs) I've been over that we all need to be better than our bullshit behavior. I'm going to take a break. Uh, when I go back, get back from the break, uh, I'm going to keep it on the positive uh, tip. And I'm going to play a clip from Mr. Arthur C. Brooks talking to Jeffrey Goldberg of The Atlantic. And I really like uh, what he says. And I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys are having a good year so far. <laughs> I hope those prices aren't getting too high for you. I know some people are out there picking up second jobs, doing a little something on the side. I know it I know it ain't easy. I know it's tough out there. But people, what are you going to do? You're going to roll over and play dead like a little bitch? Or are you going to fight for what's right? for your family, for your friends, for your beliefs, and for yourself. If you're not willing to fight for yourself, if you're not willing to love yourself, and you want to live in this world of perpetual fear, do you deserve help? If you would trade your liberty for a false sense of security, Do you deserve liberty? Do you deserve security? If you really want security in this life, people, you got to look inwardly. If you really want security, you have to make your own security for yourself. People do it all the time. I know a lot of ladies out there are getting into relationships for that very reason. It ain't because of love. (laughs) Be careful, gentlemen. Sometimes the woman you're dating, or man, I suppose, might not be in it for the same reasons you're in it. Choose carefully your environment. Choose carefully the job that you do in this life. Life is short. And a lot of your day is occupied at your job. So it's probably in your best interest to go get a job that you love. If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. That's why you should really go be an entrepreneur. I know that's easier said than done. 
But if you can't be an entrepreneur or you don't have the desire to be an entrepreneur, then maybe just go get a job that you love. And you don't need to go to school to learn that job. You can learn yourself. Get on YouTube. Figure it out. Find a mentor. Read a book. Get off your fat ass and get to work. I'll be right back. I want to read a quote real quick by Baruch de Spinoza. Those who wish to seek out the cause of miracles and to understand the things of nature as philosophers and not to stare at them in astonishment like fools are soon considered heretical and impious and proclaimed as such by those whom the mob adores as the interpreters of nature and the gods. For these men know that once ignorance is put aside, that wonderment would be taken away, which is the only means by which their authority is preserved. Once ignorance is put aside, that wonderment would be taken away. Which is the only means by which their authority is preserved. What he's trying to tell you people is that looking around at everything, not trying to understand it and be, uh, and understand the nature and the context and the kernel that's the way you're supposed to be, is what he's saying. And those of you who don't strive to be better, those of you who don't strive to understand your surroundings, the nature of things, as philosophers, he's saying, you know, those who wish to seek out the cause of miracles and to understand things, the nature of things. You are soon considered heretical or impious and proclaimed as such by those whom the mob adores as the interpreters of nature and the gods. Who are the interpreters of nature and the gods in this case? The powers that be, your mainstream media talking heads, your government officials, the authority, right? The big club. And for these men that know once ignorance is put aside, that wonderment would be taken away, which means that as soon as you rise out of ignorance, as soon as you rise above the bewildered herd, the bewildered masses, you would realize that that bewilderment, that wonderment of being a fool, an ignorant fool, that's the only means by which their authority is preserved. That's a really deep philosophical way of saying, people, that you're a slave, basically. If you're an idiot, 
you are going to be taken advantage of by everybody in your life. It's human nature. It's, you know, the wild. The only security you have and the only civilization you have, people, was built for those at the top. There's always going to be a power structure, a hierarchy. There's always going to be people at the top. There's always going to be people at the bottom, right? Get over it. If you want to be a person at the top, you better get to work. And stop crying about why everyone else has more than you. Stop crying about why you don't understand things. things. Stop crying and bitching and whining. Get off your ass and pick up a book. Go to YouTube. Re- look at a video. Call a mentor. Have a meeting. Get coffee. Have someone explain something to you that you don't know about. Learn. Grow. Achieve. And if you're sitting there telling yourself that you can't do any of that, then whose fault is that? Yours. If you tell yourself you can't do something, you're absolutely right. You can't. I just wanted to read that. I like that Spinoza quote. Um, here, I want to play the uh, this clip. And I really liked this uh, when I saw it. And I want to read this little part uh, right here. Before I play the clip. We have to remember. That when you hate. Politically. Somebody's profiting. And it's not you. (laughs) Arthur C. Brooks tells Jeffrey Goldberg of The Atlantic. At In Pursuit of Happiness. Our live event. On happiness and well-being. Arthur C. Brooks weighed in on how a culture of fear is eroding America's national happiness and contributing to political polarization. Since about 2008, Brooks says there has been a major uptick in fear, which is incompatible with happiness. When you have a chronic drip of the stress hormones that come from an uncertainty that is bred by a culture of fear, you can't maintain a positive outlook in a society. Think about that, people. 93% of Americans hate how divided we've become as a country. Showing love to those who agree with you, whether or not they are on your side politically is the key to reversing this culture. But it's a hard thing to do because that's when you really antagonize people on your own side. When you're being a little too nice to the people who are ignorant, to the people who are hostile to our shared values, Brooks continues. Nobody in history has ever been insulted into agreement. Man, I love that. Have you ever been insulted into agreement, my fellow Americans? If you're trying to persuade someone of how smart and how right you are, especially on social media, 
You fucking keyboard commando little crybaby bitches, cowards. There's millions of you out there. I mean, I've never personally been insulted into agreement. As soon as you insult me, now I want to fight. I don't want to talk. Now I want to fight. If you want to persuade someone, don't use your values as a weapon. Use them as a gift. You have one thing that will do that, and that is love. Let me read that again. If you want to persuade someone, people, of your ways or of how right you are or how correct you are. Don't use your values as a weapon. Use them as a gift. You have one thing that will do that. What's that one thing that will do that? Love. You want to live in fear or do you want to live in love? Do you want to be cooperative, peaceful, Or do you want to fight your enemy every minute of every day? The unwinnable war. Out of control emotions. Sad, sad life you're living if that's you, people. I might even throw the word pathetic in there. Get better, people. Get better. Be better. Strive to be better. Strive to want more. Strive to want, maybe not more, maybe strive to want less. Whatever your specific situation is. But I'll tell you what, sitting on your couch, letting the cable TV watch or wash over you, ain't going to help you solve your problems. It ain't going to make you less angry. It ain't going to make you less confused, upset disconnected, isolated. Your TV screen's pumping fear out because that's how they make money. You got to be better than that, people. You got to be better than fear. You got to start moving towards love. Take a listen to this clip. The biggest threat to any of us is people more radical than us on our own side. And that's what's happened to the Republican Party. That's what's happening to enlightenment progressives on college campus that's what's happening to america um how do you solve for that in a in a climate of global instantaneous communication across social media the solution to this is for us to become missionaries for love and happiness for us to demand love and happiness the solution for us is to have the courage not to stand up and antagonize necessarily people on our own side, although that's a good thing to do sometimes, but not everybody's capable of that. The way to subvert the dominant paradigm of polarizing fear is for each one of us to find somebody with whom we disagree and say three words, I love you. If you're willing to do that, the world starts to change. People, if you're willing to reach across the aisle and say I love you, And that's, you know, that's a metaphor. I mean, you can literally do it, but I mean, he's thinking, what he means in that, in my opinion, is the figurative, I love you. It's it's the, how do you act towards somebody that you disagree with? Are you capable of disagreeing peacefully? Everybody's capable of disagreeing violently and angrily, right? 
getting pissed off and screaming at each other. That's easy. But being smarter, being better, being more calm, knowing how to manage your emotions, that's really what all of this boils down to, people. Are you capable of managing your emotions? Is there a concerted effort by the powers that be to prevent you from doing that? And if so, isn't that another system of control? Isn't that part of the divide and conquer agenda? Keep them fighting with each other so that we can continue going to the bank. In the words of George Carlin. All they're ever going to talk about are the things that separate us. The things that keep us apart. That's sage wisdom, people. Carlin was trying to tell you. Bill Hicks was trying to tell you. Many others were trying to tell you, have been trying throughout history. (laughs) And a lot of you choose not to listen for one reason or another. And you may do that pridefully, but you probably are only hurting yourself. You're one of these ignorant morons walking around disillusioned. And, you know, not disillusioned. That's not the word. Uh, What did he he say in this clip? He says, uh, uh, ignorantly looking around in wonder or, you know, bewildered, bewilderment. Just like, oh, I don't understand how the world works. I don't understand what's happening around me, but... Oh, here's this TV screen that's telling me what's happening. I'm going to believe everything they say. It's like, no. Why don't you make the conscious decision to go seek information? Seek truth. Truth has no agenda. It just is what it is. And, you know, I defend the truth, I guess, in a manner of speaking all the time. But... The truth doesn't need to be defended, people. The truth defends itself. (laughs) I can't remember where I read that quote at, but boy, think about that, people. The truth has no agenda. And when you're living in a world of propaganda, people, the truth is considered conspiracy think about that when you're living in a world of bullshit fabricated fairy tales and make believe propaganda the truth is considered conspiracy so are we uh, conspiracy theorists Or are we truth seekers? Do we have uh, negative motives? Or do we have positive motives? And I know that probably varies. I know that there are probably some of us quote-unquote conspiracy theorists. If that's what I I hate even calling myself that because it's such a 
just fallen into it. Language shapes reality, right? Like the language is a system of control. The image that your brain conjures up when you hear a term is because it's, you know, spelling. You know, words are a spell. And they're symbols. Words are also symbols of meaning. A word represents a symbol that has a perceived meaning of some way, shape, or form, right? Some people have different meanings for the same word. Some some languages, probably all languages, I don't know for sure. You know, like, I went to the desert to eat my dessert. And I deserted my friends. You know what I mean? Like, same word, three different meanings, right? No wonder it's so hard to learn English. <laughs> if English isn't your native language. Um... But, you know, I, I just, people, I, I keep hammering this home. I'm on this whole fear and love thing lately and, and being a truth seeker rather than a conspiracy theorist, trying to be po- more positive than negative in your life. Consciously choose. If, if you're one of these people that finds yourself just bitching and fucking complaining all day long, you know, you, you are unsettled. You, you have unrest within you. You need to find calm. You need to find peace. You need to find love. And if if you don't know how to do that, I suggest you start trying. Because life is short, people. You do not have enough time to do all the things that you want to do in this life. You just don't. I'm sorry, you don't. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to be middle-aged and you're going to look back and you're going to say to yourself, God, I just spent 20 years of my life saying to myself, oh, I got plenty of time. I'm just going to keep fucking off and partying, feeding my ego, chasing my vices and my passions. I got time. It's cool. I'll get around to that then. I'll get around to this later. I'll, you know, whatever. All of a sudden you wake up and you're 40 years old and you're like, wait a sec. Oh shit, I need to get busy. And who knows? I mean, 40 is middle-aged, I guess, these days. So, you know, I guess it doesn't matter when you come to your epiphany and uh, you decide to start walking your path, going on your quest from ignorance to knowledge and wisdom, right? Like I said, you gotta let us you gotta let each other make mistakes. You gotta be more cooperative and peaceful and just be nice. Like, why do you have to attack someone just because they made you emotional? Why do you gotta go fight somebody and retaliate because you disagreed? Or because you just didn't like what they said? Or because, you know, it created some cognitive dissonance in your head and the only way the only method that you are capable of dealing with it is to overreact and retaliate. You have a lot of thought work to do if you are the type of person that I am describing right now. And you know what? Nobody likes you. <laughs> your peers and colleagues and probably some of even some of your friends, they don't like you. 
They don't, and when you're not around, you know what they're saying? God, I want to invite so-and-so out tonight, but man, he or she is just going to fucking bitch and complain and bring everybody's vibe down, and I don't want to do it. If you're one of these people that like started having friends, and then all of a sudden you see them start slowly dwindling away, not answering your text messages, not answering phone calls, you better go look in a fucking mirror. Because they ain't the problem. <laughs> Everyone around you in agreement about you isn't the problem. You're the fucking problem. And being able to accept that and self-reflect, self-identify, surgically go over yourself, your mind. Why do you, why do you overreact in certain situations? Why do you freak out in certain situations? Do you have a chemical imbalance in your brain? Do you need to go get on some medication? Are you constantly watching mainstream media news, being told lies, and having just allowing them to pump fear into your brain 24-7, 365, right? You got to turn it off. It's never going to go away. It's always there. Turn off the mainstream media. Get the fuck away from that stupid shit. All right. I can't get off of this, people. I can't get off of this. I got, I got motivated to do this show today, uh, because, man. I I look at some of you people and I hear you and I try to understand, but so many of you, I just want to grab your shoulders and shake the shit out of you and say to you, you are your own worst enemy, and you are the only person that can change the way that you are thinking about things, the way that you are looking at certain things. Strive to take the role of the other. Strive to put yourself in other people's shoes and see the situation from their vantage point, through their eyes. And you may learn. You may grow. You may love or experience love. You may develop the courage to walk away from your fear of certain things. Exposure therapy, right? Or if you want to get fluent in a language, they say you have to immerse yourself in the culture so that you can learn the language. It all takes work. You want a better life. You want a better quality of life. You want to live in love and not fear, it takes work. Jocko Willink, right? Discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. And it takes work to learn how to live in love. And, you know, honestly, I don't know what it takes I don't know what it takes. Maybe it takes hardship. Maybe it takes going through difficult times to put things into perspective. I want to read a quote from Anton Chekhov, who was a Russian playwright and short story writer 
who is considered to be one of the greatest writers in the world. His career as a playwright produced four classics, and his best short stories are held in high esteem by writers and critics. Along with Henrik Ibsen and August Strindberg, Chekhov is often referred to as one of the three seminal figures in the birth of, in the birth of early modernism in the theater. Chekhov was a doctor by profession. He said, medicine is my lawful wife, and literature, though, is my mistress. <laughs> Chekhov renounced the theater after the reception of the seagull in 1896, which apparently was poor, I would imagine. But the play was revived to acclaim in 1898 by Konstantin Stanislavski's Moscow Art Theater, which subsequently also produced Chekhov's Uncle Vanya and premiered his last two plays, Three Sisters and The Cherry Orchard. Here's the quote, people. Anton Chekhov once said, Only during hard times do people come to understand how difficult it is to be master of their feelings and thoughts. I'm going to read that one more time because <laughs> these might be the truest words you have recently heard, my fellow Americans. Only during hard times do people come to understand how difficult it is to be master of their feelings and thoughts? Living in love takes work, people. Everything that you want out of this life is going to take work. And if you're lucky enough to not want that much, your quality of life is probably going to be better than most. All right, and scene. People, I hope you enjoyed this show today. I got a little soapboxy in this episode. Um, I had a lot more I wanted to talk about in this episode today. Uh, but... You know, I'll just put it into future episodes. I guess it's a good problem to have. More content rather than less content, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening, people. I love you guys. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Let's move on. Let's turn up the optimism and the fun. And let's play some punk rock. All 
All right, people, welcome back. It's time to play some punk rock, but really quick, I just wanted to bring up a couple more things that I found that themed up, themed up quite nicely with the show today, and it's, you know, positive, I guess. Uh, this is from Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig, H-A-I-G, and I don't know if that's the title of the book, but I'm just looking at a meme I saw from page 189 where he is talking about the world. Take a listen to this. The world is increasingly designed to depress us. Happiness isn't very good for the economy. <laughs> if we were happy with what we had, why would we need more? How do you sell an anti-aging moisturizer? You make someone worry about aging. How do you get people to vote for a political party? You make them worry about immigration. How do you get them to buy insurance? By making them worry about everything. How do you get them to have plastic surgery? By highlighting their physical flaws. How do you get them to watch a TV show? I like to use the word program. By making them worry about missing out. FOMO, right? How do you get them to buy a new smartphone? By making them feel like they are being left behind. And that's exactly what techno how technology is going to take over the human race. FOMO. <laughs> to be calm becomes a kind of revolutionary act. To be happy with your own non-upgraded existence. To be comfortable without to be comfortable with our messy human selves would not be good for business. I want you to think about that, people. And, you know, a lot of the subject matter uh, from the show today reminds me of a book I read uh, back when I was studying sociology at San Diego State University. And this book I read and I found it, I mean, I'm looking, I'm thumbing through it now. I have so many highlights, so I must have found it pretty compelling. Uh, it's called The Culture of Fear. Why Americans are afraid of the wrong things. Crime, drugs, minorities, teen moms, killer kids, mutant microbes, plane crashes, road rage, and so much more. And this book is by Barry Glasner, who was a professor of sociology at USC. He is the author of seven books, including Career Crash and Bodies. His writings appear in magazines and newspapers, including the New York Times, LA Times, and the Chicago Tribune. And I think you guys should all go pick up this book. It'll help you understand a lot about what's going on today, and it'll give you some perspective now because this book was written um, 1999, 
And Mr. Glasner is talking about a lot of the stuff we're still seeing uh, in our world today. And how certain things that he's talking about in this book have evolved uh, into the world we see today. And he talks about, you know, is our society sick? Which is a call to Eric Fromm, of course. Um, he talks about uh, what's going on on college campuses. Uh, he talks about crime in the news. Metaphoric illnesses and hypochondria. <laughs> plane crashes, the Martians... Plane crashes, the Martians are coming. How fear is sold to the American people. Tall tales and overstated statistics. Faulty diagnoses. Callous cures. The art of misdirection. How to perpetuate prejudice without really even trying. When presidents and the press collude, the scares never stop. People, I highly recommend you go pick up the book, The Culture of Fear, by Barry Glasner. Maybe I'll read some of my highlights from that book in a future episode. Uh, but we're uh, running short on time today, and I want to get to the punk rock. People, today I have a band. To feature here on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast from San Diego, California. And I love these guys. This band is called Boss Fight. And my buddy Brian Gata just started playing drums for these guys. I think uh, they were kind of a, pretty established before Brian joined the band. And uh, I had an opportunity to chat with Brian. They gave me permission to play a few of their songs today. I don't know if he's actually playing drums on these recordings. I don't think he is. But he is the shit. He's one of the best drummers I remember seeing play uh, in all of my years living out in San Diego. Playing in punk rock bands. Fun stuff. Love and life. Living in love and not fear. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> so today, I got three songs. Three songs to feature by the band Boss Fight out of San Diego, California. Go check them out. They are awesome. And this first song is the shit. This song is called Surrender, Dorothy. Dorothy just so happens to be my grandmother's, my late grandmother's name. God rest her soul. People, it's time. Here we go. The trifecta making their debut. With three of their songs here on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, here's Boss Fight with the song Surrender, Dorothy. Let's face it. The threat of hydrogen bomb warfare is the greatest danger our nation has ever known.
right people that was the song surrender dorothy by the band boss fight and that song is awesome let's keep it moving here's song two of the boss fight trifecta this song is called you want me jealous was Boss Fight with their song, You Want Me Jealous. And hope you guys liked the show today. Uh, Soon I'm going to try to get off this self-help therapy session, fear and love conversation that I've been on. Uh, Makes me think of that. Every time I say fear and love, it makes me think of that Bill Hicks quote. And oh, by the way, people, (laughs) speaking of Bill Hicks, uh, Ryan from the Dangerous World podcast, uh, I think he has a show that either it's coming out soon or it just came out where uh, they discuss the possibility, the, the theory, that Bill Hicks is actually Alex Jones. <laughs> Both from Austin, Texas. Similar teeth and facial structures and 
all this stuff. I mean, it is far-fetched. I have a very, very difficult time believing it. Maybe they're siblings or something. Maybe they were siblings. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, go check out the Dangerous World podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, Very great, compelling stuff. Great show. Ryan's a great guy. Um, All right, people. This is the last and final song today here on the show by the band Boss Fight. This song is called Days of Grey.
right, people. I love that track, too. That was Days of Grey by the band Boss Fight. And hey, guys, uh, Gata, next time I'm in San Diego, I'll come sing some harmonies on stage with you guys, man. I love it. Whoa! Whoa! I love it, dude. Great songs, guys. Great band. Thank you very much for letting us feature your stuff on the show today. People, that is it. Soon, I'm going to be reaching my 100th episode. And it's going to be a hell of a show. Uh, I love you guys very much. I didn't know that it would only take me just over a year's time to be able to put a hundred episodes together. Uh, it's been a, it's been a ride, been a hell of a ride. Um, this has been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life so far, and I'm going to keep it going, baby. And I know some, uh, episodes are better than others, but I think that if you listen to them one through, if you go in order, uh, things start to jump out at you. Common themes uh, start to appear. And uh, you'll start thinking about this stuff uh, in your mind when you least expect it. And you know what, people? That's my goal. To make you think about ideas and concepts that you're not getting exposed to in this brave new Orwellian surveillance police state world order totalitarian dictatorship that is coming. It's already here, really. Uh, go listen to uh, a recent couple episodes of the Wicked Planet podcast with Ron from New England, uh, Ryan Dean from the Dangerous World podcast were on there. They're talking about uh, something that I'm going to touch on next episode very briefly. Um, Bill Gates and Tedros... Uh, World Health Organization colluding and conspiring to uh, have a global response to the pandemic and a global response to um, member countries, member nations having to live at the whim of one man, Tedros Adhanom or whatever his name is from Ethiopia. Interesting guy. Uh should look up uh, some of his history. I was actually even ignorant of until uh, I listened to these couple episodes. I've talked about Tedros in a previous show, but boy, keep your eye on this guy moving forward in the future, people. Let's uh, let's walk away from fear, people. Let's learn to live in love. I'm trying to do it every single day, and I hope you are too. And you know what, people? Do it for you. Do it for me. Do it for all of us. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 98 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled... Happy medium. We'll see you next time.